On this episode of American But Asian, I think kind of the stereotypical nature of an Asian playing the piano has been around for so long. I've always noticed that like in every Asian household, there's like one person, there's always one piano there. I felt like it was something that I was pressured into doing and I hated piano actually, I kind of resented it. This girl who had gotten into Stanford, she didn't want to seem like another stereotypical Asian. Hey, do you play piano? Yeah, I've been playing for 11 years. What about you? Really? Same here. Wow, me too. Wait, so do I. What a coincidence. Aren't we all Asian? I'm noticing a pattern. We don't actually all play piano. Only two of us do. This is a perpetuated stereotype that is only somewhat true given our experiences. Many associate Asian American musicians with classical instruments such as the piano or the violin. In this episode, we'll dive into the why behind this myth how our own experiences do and don't play into the stereotype, and the parental expectations that follow. I'm the host of the episode, Andy. Uh, I'm in 11th grade, and I partake in music. Hi, I'm Shreya. I'm in 10th grade, and I'm going to be discussing in this podcast today. Hi, my name is Justina. I'm in 11th grade, and I will also be a part of this podcast today. Hey, I'm Adi. I'm in 12th grade, and I will be a fellow discusser in this podcast. Uh, we're all just discussing here music <laughs> so how many people here have played piano or violin before if I, my own experiences are just like so back in second grade <laughs> my mom goes hey you should try playing piano because there was like back in my uh kindergarten there was one girl who was pretty good at piano and we were friends with their family so yeah, my mom was like, hey, you should you should start playing and practicing. And I said, mm, no, I'm not going to do that. And then one year later, <laughs> I say to her, you know what? I think I'm ready to try piano. <laughs> so I've been playing for about like three years. Um, I started right before ninth grade. And it's because I had this friend uh, who played the piano a lot. And one day in band before it started, uh, there was a piano on the side. He started playing Megalovania from Undertale. And I'm like wow that's really cool and i'm like okay i want to be able to do something like that someday so i started playing and yeah of course you know i started with the basic classical but then it expanded some some la la land here and there the good stuff expanded to undertale <laughs> megalovania <laughs> gotta love la la land it's a good movie. Well, I've been playing since I was five years old because my parents thought it would be a good idea to put me in classical piano since I was a five. So I actually do love classical music, but I do dabble in playing Game of Thrones theme songs and also playing La La Land, and that's just how I kind of roll. Um, I have never played piano or violin, but I had a friend in elementary school who wanted to play violin and I was just like why would you ever want to do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know okay I feel like we all had like that one person or many people that like have played piano before like I've always noticed that like in every Asian household there's like one person there's always one piano there right like I know 
even like people who don't play the piano, they all have pianos there. Like maybe maybe it was like one of their siblings or something. But I think a lot of them just like started and then just didn't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I had a cousin that played piano, so we'd have like this big piano in our living room and I would like at family functions pretend how to play it and just like put on the automatic recording as if I was the one playing it so I could get some claps. Oh, we love the electronic ones. Like it already set in. Mm-hmm. So, so good. Uh, when I first started playing, right, I actually started piano lessons before I had a piano, right? So when I went to practice, she had a piano, my uh, teacher, but at home, um, my sister had this like little cat piano. So it was like a face of a cat and the <laughs> piano keys were the teeth and like the gaps in between the teeth were the uh, sharps and flats. So... That's what I had to use. I think it was like almost two months I played with that. So, yeah, it was, it was a good time. I've definitely seen those before. They're like, do they, they make like the meow sounds, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah oh. Oh, I've definitely seen that before. <laughs> They're like, meow, 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 meow. <laughs> it's like C sharp and you get a meow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, also, like, since I've been in orchestra for such a long time, I know so many Asian violinists. Like, like violin, cello. I know, I know bassist as well, but that's not like that's not like as prominent of an instrument. Like I play viola. We're like the least prominent instrument there is in the orchestra. Uh, but like, another thing I've noticed is like, the there's always like an Asian person leading, like partially leading the section. Like last year, in uh, Saint Louis U Symphony. I, I'm sure, I think there, every section had, or every section in the strings had at least one Asian person in the front row. <laughs> That's, yeah, I know. Most of my Asian friends that are in orchestra, they're all in, like, symphonic and symphonian. They've been there since they were, like, freshmen, which is just crazy. <laughs> I feel like every Asian that I really know has had, like, sort of a stereotypical experience. Um... My musical adventure started in elementary school where my cousin also played the flute. So I took her flute and I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be amazing. And then I quit after fifth grade. (laughs) And then I was like, I picked up the guitar because I had an obsession with Taylor Swift. And I was like, I'm going to do this. This is going to be amazing. And then I didn't like my teacher because she smelled like McDonald's. (laughs) oh my god it's terrible i would literally go to practice in the morning and i would fall asleep on the music places couch and then wake up and then go to my teacher that smelled like mcdonald's and i i didn't even get past somewhere over the rainbow that was only plucking (laughs) and then like sometime in middle school i joined choir and i was like this is it <laughs> this is what i want to do what you knew. yeah choir hit choir just hit different it did it really did hit different you and just knew i just it was my moment <laughs> and then i like um i did a bunch of stuff in choir and i was like this is nice and then i remember one year my, I was signing up for a choir, and my dad was like, why are you doing that? <laughs> and I was just like, because it's fun. And, like, I feel like this is really just stereotypical of him to do as an Asian dad because 
he didn't really care what I did. He just wanted me to be really good at it. And he wanted me to have some sort of college, like, benefit towards it. This was going to benefit me in, like, the future. But, yeah. And then I found theater in high school. And that really just helped me, like, get out of my shell and realize that I love being on stage. So, but, yeah, I'm the only Asian in choir and in theater. Did your dad not think that it would be useful for college, like choir? Um, He just never heard of, like, I'm not sure he even knew what it was, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) He's never heard of singing before? (laughs) No, like, my dad's into really weird music. (laughs) It's either, like, (laughs) Buddhist mantras or... (laughs) Weird German pop music. <laughs> a German pop? <laughs> yeah, German pop. Don't know why. My dad's, like, gotten into, like... He likes a lot of country, for whatever reason. Oh, my God, same. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> my mom is a big, like, traditional Chinese music fan. Like, she sings in Chinese all the time. And honestly, I don't want to, like, flame my mom, but, like, I'm not a big fan of the style of Chinese music. <laughs> Oh, wow. We really went there. How long have you been, like, in choir? I've been in choir. I've been in some sort of choir since elementary school, but they don't really take choir seriously like they do band and orchestra. But I've been in through, I've been in it since, like, fourth grade to, like, high school. I started playing in uh, fourth grade as well. I think this story is kind of funny because they had, like, the middle schooler, middle school, like, strings club in quotes like come in and then play for us as like a way to motivate us to like get into the strings program there and so they all played and it sounded super cool and i was like oh yeah i really want to do this now and like so i'll like sign up and like sign up with the um with us teachers there and then the person or the teacher who brought everybody there was like oh yeah by the way viola is my favorite and that's definitely a way Looking looking back, it was definitely a way to get people to sign up for viola because there weren't enough violists. So I was like, oh, I'm going to suck up and then sign up for viola. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've been playing ever since. Um, kind of like with Justina, I played the flute first. I actually played guitar first for like a couple of months in sixth grade, but that doesn't really count because I don't remember anything. But I picked up the flute, right? Um, and... That was like sixth grade, we had to do band require. I couldn't sing, so I decided to try. So here's the thing, my sixth grade self, big brain, I didn't realize I had to put my mouth to the flute. So my like, the flute was like at my chin level and I wouldn't put my mouth on. I'm just like blowing, like, and- You, you would think. <laughs> I'm like, why, why is this making any sound? And the first playing test comes around, solid 36 out of 100 on the playing test. Um, well, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's okay. Like, come eighth grade, I ended up first chair, so like we made some progress. So like, <laughs> for you guys, is there like a lot of pressure to be first chair? Like, first chair. This is how you know I'm not an orchestra <laughs> band. No, 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 first chair is right. Principal. <laughs> like, cause like in choir we have like section leaders and stuff like that. But, like, we don't really have, like, that hierarchy and, like, <laughs> is it this, do you guys experience, like, pressure for that? Or, like, have you always just been first chair? <laughs> I mean, for me, I just take lessons, you know, I play and all that. So there's no first chair, but they've definitely, like, 
it's not like a bad amount of pressure, but they make sure that I play because, I, I mean, one, they are paying for the lessons, but two, they want to make sure if I'm going to do something that I genuinely commit to it and, like, don't just kind of half-heartedly play it because whatever. So I think it's actually been beneficial to have them there because if there are times that I don't want to or whatever, they make sure that I'm, you know, practicing as much as I need to for my next lesson and prepared and all that. Mm-hmm. So you would say the parental, like, expectations of being good, like, helped you and motivated you? Yeah, for sure. They definitely made sure that I was there. Actually, um, even back when I started playing the guitar in, like, first grade, my dad was also taking lessons then, and he would make sure that I was practicing too. So after he would practice, he would come tell me, and I would practice a little bit. So I think it was definitely good. It made sure that I was on top of it and not, like, slacking. I was first chair of the elementary school orchestra because um, I think I at the beginning I really like practiced a lot because I was like really into it right so I think even though my posture and technique was super messed up I think I practiced enough that I could get first chair but then like going into high school and middle school so like we have a junior orchestra for the middle schoolers and then a senior orchestra for the high schoolers um, I, since I was new in seventh grade, I don't think I was, I think I was second chair, but there were so few violas at my school, or violas at my school, that, like, I think there were two or three, like, my first year, and then my second year, it was just me, like, me as the only viola, because the other violist had, went into high school, so he was in senior orchestra, so it was me, the viola, leading, like, my team of third violins who had to play the viola part on their violin and then when I got into high school I started off first chair because I I practiced and I I I would assume I was like not bad <laughs> so yeah and I, there were there were three violas I think and then my sophomore year so last year it was four violas and that was the year I had auditioned into the St. Louis Youth Symphony which is like where all the music tryhards are basically in St. Louis. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so after that, I kind of like, st- I was I was first chair like throughout high school so far. And I'll probably, I, I'll assume I'll be first chair as a senior. But like, since if I'm gonna talk about YO, the way it works is like, there's leadership positions. So like the, for strings, I'm talking about strings. So there's two leadership positions there's two co-principals, and then there's a third chair assistant principal, and then everyone else is unranked. And the so there's like three concerts, and they like mix people around for those concerts. Um, so you're not like, if you're not in a leadership position, you're basically just like everywhere. Like you, there's not a hierarchy in a sense like that, where you're like, oh yeah, this is where you place exactly compared to everyone else. Because, yeah, they really only just care about the people who really need to be prepared and lead the section. So, I, but, like, I do, like, kind of put pressure on myself to, like, place higher, right? Like, I did Allstate, and that's, like, strictly comparing where you are compared to everyone else. Because it's just, like, four days. And, yeah. And then, yeah, and then, uh, YO, you definitely want to try your best in the audition and if you happen to get a leadership position that happens and it's great but then you also have to prepare a lot so i think there's definitely pros and cons to doing that to 
pushing yourself in music that hard? I think so too. Like definitely. Actually, it's funny today. Um, I do state state competition each year for piano, and usually it's an audition process to pass through districts, and then you can uh, participate in state. But this year, because of <clears throat> the pandemic, uh, everything is online, so we have to record our piano videos, and um, we have to record our audio and our pieces to send in. But the thing is, you know that everybody is going to be re-recording and re-recording and re-recording to make sure it's perfect. So um, I was sitting at my piano for four and a half hours today trying to get like a perfect Mozart sonata and like, like it was, but it was such a mess and it was just this thing in my head where I was like, oh my God, it has to be perfect because I need to qualify to go to state or else like, what am I, what am I doing here? Like, I need to be good enough. And it's just kind of this mental thing that's kind of ingrained in my head that, like, I have to be good and I wanna, I wanna advance on, and I don't know. It's kind of inherent in me, and I feel like in a lot of Asians too. Yeah, I I definitely know of Asians that are going through this, going through the auditions right now. (laughs) It's like, I remember when I did piano. I my teacher had me do those as well, but like. I do districts, like make it to state. I think I think that's the progression, right? Districts and then state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I'd make it to state, and then I just like wouldn't go because I I like didn't <laughs> want to do it. <laughs> you just didn't show up. <laughs> yeah, I just did, I just wouldn't go because I because like my teacher would always say like, oh, do you want to like go on? And I'd say, mm, no, I did one audition. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> He said, I'm good. I don't need any of that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, looking back, knowing that it was, like, state piano, I probably would have done it. But, like, at the time, I just did not care. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there's, like, I don't know if it's just me, but I just feel like there's, like, a lot less pressure when it comes to, like, competitions for, like, choir and stuff. Like, theater, we don't really have competitions. We do have, like, desk con where you can, like, go and perform and, like, try to win, like, a scholarship or something and, like, some awards. We have that for, like, choir. We go to, like, solo small ensemble and they do do state for that. But, like, you have to be really good (laughs) (laughs) for choir. Like, you have to have, like, this amazing opera voice, which I do not have. But (laughs) we also do, like, you know... Um, you guys do like large festivals, so we have that. Yeah. That's really fun. Um, I do enjoy those, but I just don't really feel that competitiveness when it comes to choir, and I'm kind of glad. That kind of saves my mental health. Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely the pressure, like when you're going up to like an audition and everything, like, oh. like you really just hate yourself going into it. <laughs> yeah. I- my heart and like everything just feels terrible and I'm like why did I put myself in this position yeah it sucks like right before you go into an audition I feel the worst I, remember. I, th- I think personally it's the worst like the week before when like you're preparing and like I think at least for me I definitely do like a lot of last minute prep Oh yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And, and like every second, like you're not practicing, I'm just like, oh my god, I I hate myself. I'm gonna mm-hmm. fail so bad. Yeah, your last lesson right before your competition, and your teacher kind of gives you that look. <laughs> like, what have you been doing? <laughs> yeah, I know. 
I'm I definitely, yeah, the last minute lesson's always a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, so my experience with piano was not so sweet. Since my parents put me into piano when I was like five to the age of nine, I felt like it was something that I was pressured into doing. And I hated piano, actually. I kind of resented it. I hated going to class every Tuesday when we had to sit in the car and drive to class. I would be so upset. Um, so it was just kind of this escalation of me not liking piano. And then when I was 10, I completely kind of stopped stopped playing and my parents just had to like let go and they're like okay this girl does not want to play and when they started backing off a little bit I started listening to piano for myself and um, started to listening to all these different composers and everything I realized that like maybe I do like piano and maybe the fact that nobody's pressuring me to be like this this and this like maybe I do like piano so I enrolled in another teacher and I started playing piano for myself and not for the fact that I have to do this for college and I have to do this for my parents and I am 16 years old right now and I love piano but there was definitely a part of my classical instrument career where I resented the instrument and I feel like that's so normal for a lot of people who play piano and a lot of Asian Americans because a lot of them are forced into doing the instrument and it and sometimes it leads to resentment and not wanting to play because they're doing it for the wrong reasons but yeah my story had a good ending (laughs) i kind of had a similar experience in the way so like like i mentioned in my story at the beginning i i chose to do piano in quotes after (laughs) a year after my mom asked me about it and so i like i played for like a couple years And then after that, I, like, just started slowly not liking it as much anymore. Like, I didn't exactly have the parental pressure, but that, I just remember, I do remember that, like, my parents would always tell me to practice, and I just wouldn't want to. (laughs) And after a bit, I just, like, kind of stopped practicing. And then a couple months went by where, like, maybe not couple months but like at least one month where like a went a month went by and then I just like the only touching the piano I do would be like at my lessons or like and I'd like practice like the day before just to make sure like that I didn't that I wasn't like sounding worse than the week before and then after that I like started focusing more on viola and I think that's that's kind of what led up to like me quitting piano like once and for all I mean, I wasn't, uh, like I said earlier, I wasn't forced or anything, and I chose to. And, like, it was great. Uh, but, like, near what you were talking about, like, trying to be better, I definitely get that. So, my piano teacher, like, asks us to record ourselves playing. And sometimes just to, like, make sure that we're keeping up with it, or just for ourselves to hear it. Um, typically, she likes to do it, like, a lot more before, like, a recital or something. So we can hear what it's like, n- like, not sitting at a piano bench. And I, don't know, I feel like I get competitive with myself when I hear that, because when you're listening and you're only focusing on listening to the piano rather than just playing, like you pick up on every like minute detail. And she also makes us like listen to like it being played by one her or um, someone playing it like on YouTube or something. And of course, like they've been playing for like a billion years, so they're really, really good at it. And like 
I'm trying to get to this level that obviously, like, that's just the time gap, the, the experience that you have to build up. But, you know, there's kind of like the competitiveness with myself trying to get better. So I, I think it helps push me here and there. It makes me a little bit nervous at times, but I, I think it's a healthy mix. Mm-hmm. Definitely a balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely that pressure, I feel like, in all sorts of music for you to, like, want to be better and, like, want to sound like the best you possibly can. I feel like if my parents had, like, put me into, like, a, like an opera training program, I would have probably hated it because my voice don't be like that. <laughs> it just doesn't work like that. It just, I'm a different kind of breed. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. But um, I feel like I feel like your parent just like wanting you to be a certain way and not allowing you to like be the way you want to be definitely has a toll on like your what's the word like your ambition to be good. But like my school, my choir that I'm in in my school is like majority minorities. So we sing a lot of African American spirituals, and those songs hit so hard. <laughs> like you really just get into it, and I really like the music that my my teacher my teacher picks because they're not all like opera like music, like traditional like classical choir music. They're they have like a lot of soul into them, and I really enjoy like that part of music. Actually, I was uh, could I ask so in choir. Is, like, stereotypical choir music considered, like, opera? Yeah, for, like, one person. I don't really know what it's called, but, like, it's, like, we just call it, like, class. It's, like, our classical, you know? Is it, like, Latin music? Like yeah, Gloria? it's, like, Latin music. Gotcha. Like, yeah. Gloria is yeah. a pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like, Gloria, stuff like that. Yeah, we only sing, like, one song like that, like, every semester. But, yeah, I get, like, the Andy's pressure for, like, being, like, the only viola because, like, altos and violas have, like, the same scale, like, the same range, and I'm an alto, so it's, like, there have been many times I have been, like, the only alto in the room because, you know, the sopranos always get the spotlight. (laughs) Yeah. Altos are are important, though. Yes. You need a good alto. I think... If we're going back to like motivation in practicing in the youth symphony youth orchestra there are like so many people who are genuinely super passionate about music and like are planning on going into it for a career and personally i can't imagine that because <laughs> i have different passions right like of course i love i love the viola but i wouldn't be able to discipline myself in the same way that they can and go into like go to like Juilliard or whatever (laughs) I just don't know how they can find that sort of motivation it's just like different people do it for different reasons Mm -hmm. and they're all okay but yeah Mm -hmm. so along those lines I was wondering for I guess everyone here um for college like uh in college and once you leave do you guys think you're going to continue playing piano or switch to a different instrument or I guess continue singing for Justina or is that going to stop with school well I this is a question I've really asked myself a lot because 
like I literally just said, I'm not planning on going into uh, music as a career. But obviously, I don't want to, like, throw away how, like, how many years. This is, like, my eighth year, I think, playing. Or eighth, something like that. I've been playing for so long, I don't want to just, like, throw it away. Because there are so many stories of just people playing since they were, like, young children in elementary school or, like, before that. And they just drop their instrument because they're not going to do it anymore. They just used to dig into college. Um, and, like, yeah, if I was going to do anything, I'd want to, like, be in the orchestra of the college that I'm in. Just so, like, I still have that part of my life still. But I don't know about, yeah, I'll have to see. It depends on whether I have the um, ability to keep playing in the first place or keep practicing. Uh, I would, I don't think I'm good enough to make it as a career, but I, like, very positive that I'm going to continue piano in college, because like Andy said, you pour so much time into your instrument as, like, your extracurricular for your developing years, and I feel like, A, letting that go is just so much time drowning. I mean, if people did it to get into college, then that's a different reason, but... Um, I feel like it's so much time that I can't just throw it away and I want to continue. And then B, I also really like piano, so I would I, I would have it in me to just play for fun or play seriously. But I don't know what the future is going to be like, but hopefully it'll, it'll, it'll include. With piano in particular, I've definitely, at least like some of the YouTubers and like, streamers that i watch like just for fun by myself they a lot of them like play have played piano or they do play piano and they 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 like played when they were younger and then they like stopped when they were in college and then like later they picked it back up again like it's a different it's a different experience for you shreya because you're planning on keep playing it but Mm -hmm. i think it's definitely showing like the mo- like ha- the self motivation aspect, right? Definitely, a hundred percent. Um, for like choir and like theater for choir, like you can be in a choir in college, but like usually, if you're gonna continue like singing and theater in college, it's because that's what you want to be as a career. And I don't want to be a singer <laughs> because I don't think I'm good enough. But like for theater. I don't like theater has lots of aspects like you could be like a director or you could be like a screenwriter and I don't really know what I want to be when I grow up but like I'm kind of leaning more towards like the director side and there aren't like a lot of Asian directors for Broadway and like screenwriters Mm -hmm. for Broadway and I feel like that would be interesting (laughs) that would be awesome yeah because there to see some representation there are so little plays with that because like all the plays that they a lot of like the main plays that they have for broadway where asians are in it like miss saigon it which was made in like the 1980s i'm pretty sure um there are so there's so much yellow face it's so much yellow face there's so much like a fetishization of asian women and i feel like that just that has got to stop (laughs) On the vein of, like, college, I feel like since, like, a lot of Asian parents that I know, they, like, push their kids to do music, right? 
and a lot of them, at least from what I can tell, a lot of them are doing it for the sake of college, like getting into college, like playing, having, being able to say like, played played cello since they were four years old and became principal uh, of Allstate Orchestra for four years in a row or something. <laughs> and, but there's also like so many different aspects to why parents put their kids through music. Like I literally just asked my mom about it and she she like stopped for a second to think it like for so she just like kind of stood there for like 15 seconds she's like you know music is just so beautiful and i really just wanted you to like go through that i actually asked my uh parents that and well they said that they said two main reasons one there's the thing about brain development that a lot of asians you know there is the focus stereotypically but there is still a focus on like stem and i guess more logical aspect of thinking so music like evens that out but also um as like as a whole it just brings a little bit more balance to things um into life as a whole and that's what my dad said specifically the balance aspect of it and i mean for me the reason i chose the flute was that there's this hindu god and he plays the flute and that was the only instrument i had like, ever seen or had, like, actual exposure to. So, instead of, like, you know, the clarinet or the saxophone, like, everyone else, I decided to go for the flute because of that cultural. And in India, like, the flute's huge. They have a lot of um, different songs on it, both modern and uh, traditional. So, there was that. For the STEM part, a lot of architects, mathematicians, and engineers have all been musicians because it really plays an essential part in visualizing how like things come together and solving problems. So maybe that's why parents have done it because they're just like, you need to be a mathematician, play piano, so you'll just be better at math. There is definitely a science behind um, music, musical instruments. I was actually watching um, a TED talk and it was this guy talking about how just like looking at sheet music and coordinating your hand movements to music sheets and learning harmonies and melodies it really does improve your brain and i feel like it's kind of a flex because we, we just our brains are just so enriched with so much talent and i asked my parents that and they were definitely like yeah we want we wanted you to be kind of grow up with this extra talent per se but um just this extra quality that can enhance other parts of your life too and i'm sure i'm i'm positive that there was also like we also want you to look good on your college applications but i don't know i don't think that was the main reason i feel like college and that thing that we just want you to like kind of look good is not the main reason for a lot of people but it's definitely a factor and they're definitely like okay this will look good this is a good extracurricular but I definitely think that um, ma- making yourself a better person and making your like child grow up with just this artistic de- ability is something that parents are kind of vying for too. Well, at least my parents. Like on the other hand of like college and everything, like a while back I was reading this article about this girl who had gotten into Stanford and in particular, uh, she about how she had excluded the fact that um, she had played piano her whole life. 
or at least for a really long time. And the reason for that was just because she didn't want to seem like another stereotypical Asian. Like, like she also mentioned that she was like really she was she had a natural talent in math, and then she ended up like pushing that aside and like going into like more of a um, political aspect, like uh, political science, and just to make herself like seem more like less of a stereotype, and just to like. She definitely said that she like enjoys what she enjoys now, but she distinctly remembers just like changing herself and putting herself in a different light just to make herself like look different over to everyone else. Yeah, Asians in piano or violin or classical music is such a such a such a kind of common thing that I don't even think that her excluding that she didn't include she her excluding that she played a musical instrument in her application is crazy because that seems very believable that like a college admissions officer will look and like be like another Asian in music nah like you're not that mm-hmm. special which is kind of sad if you think about it mm-hmm. yeah there was actually um an article by Boston Globe released and they were talking about how some people like uh counselors advise people to appear less Asian in their application to get better chances and well one i think that's terrible but also like this was a 2015 article like this is old news like this has been around for a while and i think kind of the stereotypical nature of an asian playing the piano has been around for so long that i feel like at this point there should have been some way to break that stereotype get out of it or just you know get rid of it as a whole Mm-hmm. Not to be like in defense of the colleges, uh, <laughs> choosing people based on how Asian they are, but it really I think the biggest one of the or one of the most important aspects of like this whole thing as a whole is just like it shows how much of a stereotype a lot of Asians are, and like how a lot of, in particular, a lot of parents like push one form of future onto a lot of their, to a lot of kids, like, like the classic stereotype is like doctor, lawyer, dentist, right? And then also, (laughs) (laughs) and then also like violin, piano, uh, cello, whatever, right? (laughs) And like focusing a lot on STEM, because a lot of, like, if you're focusing on STEM, then you're kind of, you're a lot like a lot of other Asians, according to like admissions. And if you play the classical instrument or you're in robotics or you do a speech and debate and you do HOSA and you want to be a doctor, you are like half of the Asians all across. Okay, maybe not half. That's kind of mean. <laughs> but like a lo- but you're like a lot of people. Um, That's at US. least what it's like portrayed as. <laughs> yeah. But I also think that with this, if there is a stereotype. But even within the people who play the piano, I think there's a lot of individuality because the pieces that you pick, of course, like, you know, you're always going to have the people who love playing for Elise. Like, that's going to be there forever. But at the same time, you're always you're also going to have the people who play, like, German pop music on piano. <laughs> like, there's always going to be that variety. And I think that kind of adds a lot of individuality, even though it might appear stereotypical on paper. Mm-hmm. I mean... I'm gonna judge someone if they say their for their favorite pieces for Elise. <laughs> <laughs>
I mean, I think a lot of the reason, or at least some of the reason why, like, a lot of Asians are doing piano or violin or just music as a whole is just, like, the competitiveness of, like, coming, at least in America, like, coming from their home country to um, here. There's, a, like, a lot of pressures that go into it, and, like, actually succeeding in America takes a lot of skill and a lot of not luck per se but like making making the right decisions right Mm -hmm. and i think we've definitely all heard the line like oh (laughs) i'm doing this for your like we did this for your own good right and i think that applies a lot to music at the same time like really pushing yourself like really trying to push their kids to make sure that they're making like the best of the opportunities that, that they have. So actually, uh, to bring this back to something Shreya said a while ago about how it's also like a talent in itself. It is something to put down on paper and it's great, but it's also a talent. And I remember when I first started, like I was switching from flute to piano. My parents were like, are you sure about this? Like flute is a lot easier to show off. It's a lot easier to show because it's, it's a really small instrument, right? But piano, you can't exactly, you know, carry it around. You could maybe a synth, but even then that's a little bit extreme. So I think, you know, with that, I, t- I just think that there's something to keep in mind there. Because uh, violins, of course, that is a little bit easier, but most people don't have their viola or violin cases on them at all times. I feel like that's kind of kind of sad that our parents are just like, if you can't show this off or if this is not going to benefit you in some sort of way, it doesn't matter if you just like it. <laughs> it has to be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you might like it, but also winning state is more important <laughs> than you liking it. So you're actually going to do this piece, not the piece that you like. Mm-hmm. I've definitely seen that happen. And actually, the thing is... Um, not to flex, but when I, like, perform at a recital, some parents come to my parents and they're like, oh my god, like, what does your daughter do in practicing? And, um, my parents, like, they don't, like, really know, so I, I kind of tell it, and I'm like, I do this, and, <laughs> I mean, they, they know that I practice, but, like, what, what do they really know? But I kind of tell them what I do, and they're like, oh my god, yeah, I'm gonna tell my kid to do this, and hopefully, like, they'll be, um, they'll they'll be good too uh, but the thing is if they don't want to do it and they're not like gunning for they're not like gunning for this and all they kind of want to do is like i don't even know play like the ant farm theme song like on their <laughs> piano to like play for their friends because i mean yeah who doesn't want to um and they don't actually want to play classical you can't force someone else to go the standard way and i feel like it in my like views, you can't just force someone to do this and do that and be like, you have to play this nocturne and not this nocturne because this one is gonna like get you higher and get you like a scholarship or it's gonna help you win this competition. <laughs> Speaking about crazy parents, if we ever talked about that, there is, okay, I'm not gonna say crazy, but there is a particularly strong mother who is the author of this book called Battle Hymn of the Tiger Mother. Her name is Amy Chua. Basically, she writes a book talking about how she is a very... She's a tiger mother, or helicopter mom, per se, if you want to say that, but 
she talks about the things that she expects for her kids and one of them is play the violin or piano and if you play any other instrument besides the piano or violin like you're in trouble she will never allow her daughter to play any other instrument besides the piano or violin so these are some things quote from the book that she says to her children According to Sophia, her daughter, here are three things I actually said to her at the piano as I supervised her practicing. Yes, she stands there while they are practicing. <clears throat> oh my god, you're just getting worse and worse. I'm going to count to three, then I want musicality. If the next time's not perfect, I'm going to take all of your stuffed animals and burn them. <laughs> but in, yeah, yeah, I know, this mother said this to her daughter and... Uh, her in her defense what she says is that she sacrifices like her attention so her daughters can be the best and she wants her daughters to be amazing and that's why she puts so much effort in and um, Amy feels like that's a reason enough to be this strict and enforce this because she wants her, her daughters to be good at piano or violin the parental motivation is I think in a lot of cases very short-lived like, even if it goes on for years, it's not like the kid wants to do it and they're only practicing because, like, their parents, like, telling them to or enforcing it, right? No, I'm just going to say that if, if my parents stood next to my piano and was like, you suck, I probably would have cried and <laughs> never came back. I mean, I feel like my parents don't really know what, my, what I sound like a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're not... They're not exactly, like, classically trained, right? So they can't be like, oh, your, your F sounded like an E-sharp or something. <laughs> Wait, that's the same thing. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, thanks, thanks guys a lot for coming. Um, recording this, is, it's been great, actually. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. This was yeah. fun. Well, this has been episode two of the podcast American by Asian. We hope you enjoyed it and hope you join us again for our next one.